Did you see this the other day? DeSantis just passed a guy who's in charge of mediation in Florida, and his last name is Rubbottom. That's how he got the job. Episode 31 of Off the Charts, a stellar newscast. It's March 31st, 2023. I'm your co-host and producer, Whitney McKnight in East Tennessee, and I'm joined from New York by my colleague, co-host and fellow astrologer, Elizabeth Grace. Hello, Elizabeth. Hello, Whitney. I knew it was you. (laughs) I'm so glad. Elizabeth and I are both renegades from corporate media. We report and analyze the cosmic impulses behind the news. We offer you an alternative to the corporate media model that manipulates you into working against your best interests. We bring you news from the ensouled universe where cycles within cycles suggest there's a greater consciousness enfolding us. It moves through us and around us. It's a larger intelligence that extends beyond what we could ever possibly imagine. Our goal is to help you see that there is order amidst the chaos and that trusting the universe and not the status quo is what keeps you calm and hopeful. So that's us. Welcome, everybody. Thank you to our patron subscribers for making last week's episode 30, our first to go behind the paywall, a smash success. And so what we're doing now is every other week is a podcast that everyone can access. And then the other weeks are behind the paywall and everyone will get like a five minute uh, highlights reel sort of a thing. If you're not a paid subscriber, then you can go to ensoul.substack.com. And for the price of about a grande sized Starbucks, you'll get four podcast episodes a month. Plus you can come behind the paywall and see what's there, which includes the department of they, the they being the powers that be a feature where we deconstruct how the media is used to trick you into thinking things that aren't true. And we use astrology instead to show you, well, most likely this is what's actually happening. So it's kind of like an astrological lie detector. And the latest will be a look at the East Palestine, Ohio train derailment, where we initially told you Norfolk Southern Rail Line was probably lying. And it seems that that is the case now. If you're not a patron subscriber, and this is not a good time for you to invest, you can still be part of our community. And we value anything that you can do to help us, whether it's letting people know that we exist and you enjoy listening to us or leaving comments or like buttons or that sort of thing. Just wave your hand at us and let us know you're there. And (laughs) that helps us a lot. And of course, we always love the feedback that we get in emails. And to that end, I would like to say hello to our patient subscribers, Karen, Julia, and Jane, who have sent us some really wonderful feedback. And um, actually, we'll be featuring some of the stories that they suggested on this episode. You may be listening to this on March 31st, but we're actually recording this on March 29th. So some of the things that you now know haven't happened yet. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so we're not going to be talking about those unless we do, because we're, we're that good. We can tell you what's going to happen before it happens. I want to let folks know that we are planning a brand new feature. It's so cool. I am so excited about it. It's a toll free news tip hotline where anywhere in the world, if you see a story or think of a story that you would like us to cover, you can just call this toll-free hotline and we will look into it. We may not cover everything, but we will look into what you send to us. And if you're willing, we'll even play your message back on the podcast. So look for more information about that. That's coming later this spring. 
Uh, also, I wanted to let folks know that the Organization for Professional Astrology has done a feature on Elizabeth. It's so cool. I loved reading it. I learned all kinds of stuff about you I didn't know, such as that you were in college by the age of 16, which <laughs> totally yep. makes sense to me. <laughs> yep. So if you are a member of OPA, then this month is when you can learn all kinds of little tidbits about Elizabeth. And it was so cool that that came out right on the heels of us also getting some shout outs from others like Deb Holding, founder of the London-based School of Traditional Astrology. Deb has written one of my favorite textbooks of all time, uh, Temples of the Sky. So thank you again, Deb. And then Beth Owl's daughter has definitely been tooting our horn and we really appreciate that. Beth Owl's daughter is a terrific tarot card blog. The thing with Beth, because she and I have been connected for as long as I've been doing uh, the forecast. So it's going on 14 years now. And the reason I started being drawn to her weekly tarot card pulls is that I would write the forecast for the week and she would pull a card and it would always be in sync with the planetary patterns. So, so we do this tag team now where like, well, what are we going to say? Because we know it's going to be astonishingly in sync. So hello to Beth Owl's daughter. Um, we're thinking of you with much love and appreciation for all the goodness and love and joy you pour into the world and insights. Well, with that, you have the news and the forecast. So what's the astro weather report? We're going to be talking about Gwyneth Paltrow first and foremost. And we see screamingly obvious in her horoscope why she needs to be a famous person. And she's been super famous in in recent weeks because she's she's been on trial in Utah over a ski accident that happened in uh, February of 2016. And, and Whitney asked the most you know, obvious, brilliant question <laughs> the other day. Like I said, we have to, we have to talk about Gwyneth Paltrow because Ms. Julia, now? why now? Why? Why? And the astrology of Gwyneth and this ski accident is fascinating. And we will post those charts for our fabulous patron subscribers so they can look at them. But I'm going to tell you a few tidbits about them. Um, Gwyneth is simply born to be famous. She has a number of planets at a point in points in the zodiac that we call the Aries point, which corresponds to the first day of, of the season. The first day of spring, the first is zero degrees Aries, the first day of summer, zero degrees cancer. Libra is fall. Those are the Aries points. They are turning points. They mark a change. We pay attention to the beginning of a season. And so if you were born with planets at these points, the theory is, the astrologic is, that whatever that planet embodies, you are going to get noticed if you choose to walk through the door of, of this these opportunities. And she is a Libra with a Pisces ascendant and moon in Gemini. So she needs to be the smartest kid in the room, well, clever and entertaining. But her Mars is near the Aries point in Virgo. So how she acts and how she skis on a slope is going to demand attention. Her Jupiter, her need for reward uh, and expansion is at the Aries point. It is in Capricorn. Need for reward expressed through status. And she certainly is a status kind of a quirky status person, but she's, def she's defined a genre. I think, you know, with her, with, with her clothing and, and lifestyle brands. Uh, am I making that up, Whitney? Do you think that's no. an accurate? No, you're not making that up, but you did just make me think of something really important. And I'm going to stop you midstream. To no, 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 please. Well, I was just thinking that, you know, 
even though she is famous and so therefore she is manifesting the potential of her chart, somebody else who might have some of these same points in their chart, like somebody somewhere was born at the same time she was, and maybe not too far away. She was born. Let me look at this chart, Los Angeles. Okay. Lots of babies were born around this time. Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, but not everybody is doing what she's doing. So what I wanted to throw out there was in your own fate pattern, it will manifest as you will be known in some way. So these same types of energies will make their way to the top if you decide to engage with them to the extent that you can in your milieu. So she's meant to be famous and she is meant to be supercharged famous because I'm looking at the big, the, you know, the power between the square of the, of Jupiter and Pluto in her chart and Mm -hmm. Jupiter being in the 10th house, at least in your Placidus system here. I'm not sure. I think that would actually be the 11th house, but still that would bring if, if you were doing whole sign houses, but if not, maybe it would be the 10th, but either way, that's going to bring a lot of attention. She comes from a family of famous people to begin with. So this chart to me still makes sense, but I did just want to say to people, if you have similar coordinates in your own personal birth map and you're like, but I don't have that kind of fame and fortune and everything, chances are in your neighborhood or in your profession or in your avocation, there's something about you that stands out. That's all I want mm-hmm. to say. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, well put. So what's interesting about Gwyneth Paltrow's personal chart is that Mars, I mean, we had, well, you know, we had the vernal equinox. So the sun, the first day of spring. So the sun was at the Aries point and she's been in this, this trial that started, did it, was it just last week? Yeah, it was last week. So it's, so, I don't, I guess so. Because I, I don't know. It's like, I, I only, this, I wasn't following it, but then I think it started just last week. Cause that's when all of the late night comedians were starting to talk about, right. We even described what the thing is. This guy said that she ran into him and she's like, no, you ran into me. And you know, <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing has just been like, who ran into who and who cares. And that's why so many people have been making fun of it. Like the, the language that comes out of this and the actual charges and the conversations that have been had around the actual prosecutor and the attorneys has just been so privileged people. It's hilarious. Like I couldn't drink my wine. I was in such pain. <laughs> it was the guy that, that is claiming that she ran into him. So her horoscope, which already has these planets at the act at the Aries point is activated by where the planets are now, especially provocative Mars action. So there she is literally taking a stand, the courage, you know, to in her own defense, she's actually in combat as Mars is activating uh, all of the Aries, all the planets at the Aries point in her horoscope. Here she is demanding our attention. Why is this coming back now? I mean, besides the fact that it was just maybe the lawyers didn't get their act together, whatever, just like really and truly, what's the fate pattern here? Yeah. So we look at the moment because, you know, it's in the court record. We know when this accident happened, 1155 a.m. on February 26, 2016 in Park City slash Deer Valley, Utah. Um, The chart is amazing. Amazing. The sun on that day was exactly on Gwyneth Paltrow's Pisces ascendant and yeah, Saturn is, crazy is right at the top of her horoscope. So she's about to step into some position of authority. And at the moment of this collision, and they're arguing about who ran into whom, at the moment of this collision, the ascendant, if we calculated a chart for that moment, the arising sign for that moment was in direct alignment 
with Gwyneth Paltrow's Saturn. And we see that Mars, the energy of action, is exactly square to the midheaven, her reputation, the reputation and status. So there's a supercharged, we often see when there's a, a moment where there's an outburst of energy, when yeah, we look at the when we look at the event chart and we see this, I mean, what we look you look at shootings and explosions and and car wrecks and train wrecks and stuff like that, where you have a large burst of energy or conception too. You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be the end of the world. It can be it can be the beginning of the world. Um, you know, you may off you might find uh, it's not uncommon to see a, a highly energized planet making contact with the, you know, when you look at a horoscope and you don't speak astrology, you might think of them as the compass points of the chart, the North, South, East, and West. We call those points, the angles. That's the technical term. So when you have a planet that is in supercharged contact with those angles, that is a burst of energy. And here we have this collision, an athletic collision. Wait a second. what you would think, but the moon is void. Of course, in this chart, that's really interesting. The moon is void. Of course, much ado about nothing. Yep. Yes. Something about it is like, it's, there's going to be some wild twist. And the last aspect of this moon was a separation from Uranus, which is the energy of accidents. So it was this disruptive buzz going into this kind of free fall moon void. Of course, uh, for those of you who, who remember what old style pinball machines were like, you know, you load the pinball, you pull a plunger and the, and the ball goes soaring up to the top of the game and it bounces off all those bumpers. It bounces and there's a dynamic connection as that pinball bounces off the bumpers. You can think of that pinball as the moon, as it makes contact with all of the kids in the cosmic sandbox, all of the other planets. And as the moon makes a contact with a bumper, it continues to have this charged, focused, you know, straight line energy. And then eventually the moon will stop making contact with those bumpers and will and, and it will start to fall down to the bottom of the pinball game where it will be reloaded and yeah. as it falls it's kind of got that drop the energy it, it it sort of sometimes it gets stuck on the edge of the machine and you have to shake it but the energy just goes into this this slower free fall and that's a good image for what is a moon void of course it means it is stopped making contact with all of the kids in the sandbox it doesn't have that driving directed focus by going into the next sign it, it gets reloaded you pull the pull the plunger and the and shoot the ball up again right. that is that is the energy of the moon as it is it's like shifting like engaging the clutch and shifting gears into the next sign and there's also something else noticeable about this chart elizabeth which is saturn is on the descendant which makes me wonder if this is a fraudulent charge well, I mean, the sun is is with Neptune too, so it's really silly. Yeah, I, I, yeah. But astrologically, I'm looking at this and seeing the sun on top of her ascendant. I was like, oh, he was so blinded by her. Like he he was blinded. He smashed into her, and that's the thing that I was saying is like, you know what? I don't think she's guilty here. Just not even knowing who she is. I'm just looking at the astrology, and I think that it's the person who came at her that energy came at her. And then with this business that I'm looking at here with the Saturn, and then as you point out the sun and the Neptune, I just think this is all stuff and nonsense. 
And she's not even taking it seriously. Cause if you watch the testimony, she's just like, this is so ridiculous. I'm going to have fun. Well, with the moon in Gemini, she's going to be clever and entertaining and intense. She needs to be. What's been striking the journalists writing about the story, at least some of them, is how, quote unquote, frank she's been. There's a very Mars, aggressive, assertive quality yeah, to her. Yeah, and, and that makes sense because it Mars. It has been funny, actually. Yeah. She's like, she used the F word and she's like, sorry. And <laughs> And the, the prosecutor who just like can't believe she's so starstruck. It's hilarious. She's like, oh, that's okay. That's okay. I love your shoes. <laughs> um, what's really interesting about the event chart is that this Mars, high functioning Mars in Scorpio, 26 degrees. If you've been listening to our podcast for a year, you may recall that we had eclipses in May of 2022 and November of 2021 at 26 degrees of Taurus and Scorpio. So any planet, anybody that has a planet or an angle at those degrees, at those points in, in the Zodiac, probably experienced an accelerated accelerated thrust forward in their life, wherever this thing fell. You have to go talk to an astrologer to, to find out exactly where and how in your own life it would manifest. But it is fascinating that this chart for the accident has a 26 Aquarius midheaven precisely squared by Mars at 26 Scorpio. So here we have it. And then last but not least, Uranus in this accident chart is at 18 degrees of Aries. And that is exactly where Jupiter and Mercury are, uh, you know, today and yesterday. So naturally, we are talking about this quirky, rebellious, um, unconventional, accidental event. Astrology is amazing. Let's move on. Israel. Oh my God. The stuff that's going on in Israel. It's just like watching a slow moving train wreck. So Netanyahu has a far right coalition government with a razor thin margin. The changes being pushed by Netanyahu's far right coalition government would allow the executive branch to reverse decisions made by Israel's Supreme Court and undermine the country's system of democratic checks and balances. He wants all the cookies. He wants to have all the toys. He wants to have people that they don't have a very, they don't have a very clear definition of a tripartite system of government because right. They have no, they have no written. Yeah. Yeah. They have no written 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 constitution that says the judicial branch does these things and it is a branch unto itself. Yes. They don't have this, you know, they don't have, they don't have this, the the rule of law is not, it's just like a, 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 like a hodgepodge bunch of laws that have been around, but there's no overriding. This is the way we're going to run the country. And so a precedent though, of there being the judicial branch having a lot more power than he wants them to have now. And this has resulted in people freaking out. And there's been protests, I think since January. Protests since January. And then what really sparked it was uh, when he fired his defense chief who called for a halt to these planned judicial reforms. Okay. Because people are going, wait, if you're going to like just say that everything the Israeli Supreme Court said doesn't apply, then we've got a problem because there's a very razor thin majority uh, in the Knesset. And uh, wh- wh- what about all these laws? Uh, so it's just, it's a big, so then there's a huge, huge amount of strikes and, you know, uh, the airport was shut down and, and so, then. So what is the astrology? Here? So Israel's horoscope, it is a sun sign Taurus here to establish material comfort, 
and security, and it's going to fight about it because the sun is squared by Mars. Action. Fixed sign. It's not going anywhere. There are more stubborn, we're not moving signs in this horoscope than anything else. The moon is in Leo. It needs to be loved and adored. Period. The end goodbye. It's rising sign. How it needs to be seen, interestingly enough, is Libra a sign of peace and balance and fairness. That's how it needs to be seen. The angles of its horoscope in the years where I was writing, where they were having all these crazy elections and they just couldn't get it together, were supercharged by outer planets, transiting Uranus and transiting Pluto on the angles of this horoscope kept destabilizing this country. It was just, it, it was just, it was just like in, in a perpetual earthquake state. And now what's happening is, it's just more of the same. Uranus, which is a disruptor, and Pluto, which tears down things and exposes rot and corruption, was all over the angles of this horoscope. Israel's horoscope is wired so that it gets these things from all angles. You can so like you don't even have to know what the technical reference is when I say these words. It's just that Israel has goes experiences life in these ginormous waves of whatever it is. So it had this by transit, by the transiting where the planets were then relative to the time of Israel's birth. The force here at play in all angles of the Israel's horoscope, it's still wrestling with Pluto on all angles. Pluto has just crossed the ascendant by solar arc direction, and it is about to come into contact with it's midheaven and IC, meaning the foundation and status of the company of the country. As it does that, it's being set up for yet another Pluto thing where transiting Pluto, the energy of extremes, is going to be opposing Israel's Leo moon, extreme needs for love, zeal, you know, zealotry. And transiting Uranus, the energy of disruption and rebellion, will activate Israel's 23 degrees Taurus sun. Is not in a quiet, peaceful place. It is continuing to be in a state of upheaval. And so we almost cannot really know how it's going to land, but we can see why it's in such dramatic flux and when will it so it's probably not and when will it settle down okay so if i look at the long-term trends is just looking at the major the major players here and then and then with netanyahu um we don't have we don't have a triple a birth time for him so we can't see precisely what's going on with him because we don't really know we we have a theoretical birth time but we don't know exactly what time he was born all right so so um what israel has going on right now is uranus the planet of change squaring saturn which is structure and that was exact on march 24th so that was just yesterday um it kind of chills out in april gets a little nice in April. It seems to slow down a bit. But then as we move into the summer and fall, the late summer and fall, Israel is going to start to feel 
solar arc Pluto to its midheaven exact in February of 2024. So there's more changes in store. And then next year in May, it will receive the first of a series of conjunctions to its Taurus sun. So that's taking us into 2024 and that continues into 2025. And then Saturn comes in in 2025 and says, look, guys, you got to get real. Maybe we get a sense of things. There's some measure of peace that comes together in November of 2025 when Jupiter gets to the top of the horoscope. But then in 2026, we have Pluto coming in and opposing that moon for a long series of transits into early 2027. And yet, and then another push for independence um, with a measurement of Uranus to the angles of the horoscope in at the, at the early 2027. So it's just like, it is, wow. I mean, it's just, wow. It's an exciting time to be living in Israel right now. <laughs> All right. You know, it's, that's what I see. So Mars, 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 Mars all over the place. So the patterns we're talking about, Mars at the Aries point, meaning it's it's at zero degrees of Cancer. This is a huge shift because for the last seven months, we had Mars and Gemini, anger, assertion, courage, action in the realm of words, which is Gemini. And it is amazing how the word weaponization, that word is now a thing in our collective consciousness, at least here in the United States, weaponization of this, that, everything else. Okay. So interestingly enough, well, there, there's an actual government committee. <laughs> subcommittee. Yeah. yeah. What is the, the name weapon- of it again? The-, the, the weaponization of what? I, I don't even, we talked about it. Jim Jordan. It is- okay. So we're moving out of the realm of words into cancer's domain. So how do we see themes of anger, weaponization, courage expressed for as long as Mars is in Cancer, which I think is going to be until sometime next month. Cancer has to do with home, family, emotional security. It has to do with birthing, motherhood. It has to do with, you know, do we have enough in the bank account? Do we have enough to feed ourselves? And we, so we would expect that the energy of anger and assertion and courage are going to show up really soon prominently in those areas. And the one thing that we, that, that, that I noticed, um, that Heather Cox Richardson wrote about in her letter from an American last night was that Tommy Tuberville or Tuberville, 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 like a, man like a, from the town of tubes. He's a senator from Alabama and appropriately a football coach. Fitting the Mars sports athlete well, prominence. You're, you're not from the South. He's no, not I'm just, not from the South. He's not just a football coach. He's one of the preeminent football coaches, which is why he's in power now is because he's a big deal. He was the coach at Auburn, by the way. But yeah, <laughs> Auburn is a big deal down here. Okay. I went to Wellesley. We didn't have a football team. See, see what we missed. Okay. So Tommy Tuber Tuberville, Auburn. Okay. So Auburn. All right. Big deal. Um, now, He's all mad and he is blocking the, he's all mad. Bless his heart. He's all mad. And he's, he's got because he, and he is obstructing a whole pile of military promotions in places like, you know, the Pacific fleet. He's doing this because the Biden administration issued an edict or whatever, a directive or an executive order, whatever they did to support and protect family planning for women 
who or and men planning families, obviously, who were stationed in states where you can't get these services because abortion law has because abortion and and yes, exactly. So the the policy that the Biden administration enacted was, okay, if you're stationed in one of these States and you have a medical situation, we're going to cover you for three weeks so that you can travel to a place where you can get the healthcare you need. And then you can come back to your, to your post in, in a red, in a, I don't really want to call it a red state, but in a state where care is being denied so that you don't die of sepsis because you have to carry a child to term that's not viable outside your body, which is, these are things that are happening. Uh, the, you know, doctors can't go in and, and make the mother's healthcare a priority over the mm-hmm. life of an unsustainable. You yeah, know. kind of because at a 30,000 foot level, what's happened is, is that what the Supreme Court and the state courts have done is make reproductive health care really, really unclear. And in fact, I read a story this week that in Texas, so many OBGYNs are just leaving the state or leaving the practice altogether. And this has been matching week. Okay. So I come from the, you know, academic medical background, and this is when um, young doctors find out where they're going to be matched for their residencies. And it has come, this whole Roe v. Wade fracas has completely changed where they're going to be residents because they don't want to go to States and they don't want to go to hospital systems within those States where abortion is either completely forbidden or it's unclear. And so these weird doctor shortages are starting to pile up and these weird places where doctors never used to wanted to be, or where they always wanted to be either it's lopsided one place or there's a big hole in another. So the ramifications of overturning Roe v. Wade are enormous. And I don't think that they thought this through. I just don't. They're much more about creating a field of terror. And that was the black and white way that they saw it, the very binary way that they saw it instead of this could have a lot of ramifications and this whole healthcare system that we've participated in making be all about money. And so money being a bottom line implicated in a lot of things that have to do with delivering care are going to come up. Oh, they didn't think about those things. We did talk about this, that with Mars at the end of Gemini and rolling into cancer, it it is actually activating the horoscope of the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision. And so we expected, we made a prediction that we were going to see in these early days of Mars in cancer attacks on this decision the Supreme Court decision. It, it has a life. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing it, this is, we're just seeing this thing getting provoked. And as we continue with Mars and cancer, I expect to see more, um, you know, with respect to the debt ceiling, using the threat of loss of fundamental home, homeland, family, food, security as a weapon. And Tupper Tuberville is saying, I'm going to block these promotions so and our military and homeland security is going to be compromised until you stop giving our troops access to this healthcare and 20% of our of the military are women and how are they supposed to serve and do their jobs if they're having to deal with these medical issues you know it's just anyway astrology is being yeah. reflected astrology yeah. is being reflected here can so. i just just say this as a reporter now i'm just going to yes throw this out here and not as not as an astrologer but just somebody who's seen this do you know how many of these a-hole men in congress have gotten women pregnant and paid for their abortion oh and who are the same ones who are now you know preaching 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 and preventing access 
I'm going to say one because I was a reporter who was covering some legislation that was being, it actually got passed. It was part of a, a huge mental health bill. But anyway, it was this, this guy from outside Pittsburgh, Tim Murphy, he wrote some really sound legislation around mental health care. He was a psych, or he is a psychologist. Um, but yeah, you know, he got his, his, got his, his fling pregnant and he told her to have an abortion and he'd pay for it. And uh, then he voted against abortion for any other woman who didn't have access to his checkbook, I guess. Um, With Mars demanding our attention, yet another school shooting. Now, interestingly enough, in a harmony with Saturn, energy of necessary control. And what's come out in this is a video of the law enforcement agencies going into that school and laser beam focused, as you would expect under those conditions, laser beam focused authoritative action. Well, they shot the, the the person with the gun who also reflecting this week's planetary patterns, um, exact on Thursday, which is tomorrow as we're recording this, we have the Mars trine, Saturn, and Venus, high functioning refers to women and values and money and art will be meeting up conjunct, that's the technical term, with Uranus, which is disruption, innovation, technology, unconventional alliances, shocks to the system. Okay, so in my 14 years of tracking the astonishing synchronicity of, of planetary patterns in the news, what I've noticed with Venus, energy of, of social expression, and, and nearly any personal planet, but but this week it's Venus. When there is a challenging pattern with Uranus, which is disruption and quote, quote, unquote, unconventional, you know, and unconventional could eventually be the norm, but right now, unconventional. So the leading unconven- edge of something, the leading edge of something, the new, the avant-garde. So uh, historically for the past 14 years, there's been at least one and often more stories that demand our attention involving a person with a quote unquote, unconventional orientation, how this hideous school shooting embodied all of the astrology happening this week is that the perpetrator is uh, named Audrey Hale, who is a trans man, okay? And an artist, go figure, Venus Uranus, okay? That's art and uh, disruptive art. So this person was an artist identified as male and was transitioning, I suppose. And and then they also had a gun. What were you saying though about the police coming in laser focus? So there's a video which I watched without audio, but this video of this, this, these, um, these law enforcement officers going in there with their guns, clear leadership, clear direction in Mars. I mean, Mercury conjunct Jupiter in Aries. There was a clear, solid laser beam focused leader using the energy of Mars, trying to Saturn that, you know, using effective, necessary control and authoritative executive action going in there, honing in on their target and, and, you know, taking out the continued threat to everybody else's lives. At least they, they did their job. They did their job. Right. Exactly. And, and I, I wish I'd pulled that chart for that day because we certainly did not have that efficiency of action that we saw in in that um, video of these uh, police officers going in there with the clear chain of command, everybody, you know, just doing what needed to be done, reflecting the astrology. I want to go back to what I said before. This is a fascist field of terror because there is absolutely less than zero reason to have this many assault rifles 
on the streets. And I know in a minute, you're going to tell us more about this Washington Post expose. And we talked about it before, because I had interviewed the medical examiner of the uh, Newtown, Connecticut shooting, who told me, look, (laughs) these are assault rifles. These are these are weapons of war. And they don't just put a bullet through you. They explode your body. They explode your organs. So there's no living through that. You bleed out and everything inside of you is shattered, absolutely shattered. Now, what human being in their right mind would say, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's just have that everywhere in the streets. And I'm saying fascists and people who say to you up yours, you don't like me. You don't want me in power. So I'm going to create a field of terror. No, you're going to start thinking it's so dangerous. Maybe we do need guns. It is a field of terror. Yeah. It's terrorism. Deliberately creating a field of terror and fear because they know we don't support them. When people say, oh, they're too chicken shit to stand up to the gun lobby, that is not true. That's absolutely not true. The gun lobby is a front. They use that as an excuse. I really and truly believe that their nihilism, I'm saying this, uh, you people can just say that I'm, I'm off my rocker. I don't care. I've been watching these people for a long time. I've been on the Hill. I've been in Washington. These people want those of us who don't support them gone. They believe that they're superior to us. It's almost like you would say, well, the Nazis had the ovens and fascist terrorists in Congress have random mass shootings. They don't care. They really don't care. Sending their prayers and their thoughts. Really? How about passing legislation? Plain and simple. Because your prayers and your thoughts are bullshit. Passing legislation makes a difference. And they know that. This is hatred. This is not about chicken shit not standing up to the gun lobby. This is just hatred. So the congressman, the rep, not only is he a, a, a guy following in the footsteps of George Santos, uh, the, uh, Andy Ogle is, is the congressman from that district in Nashville. Um, he made news because well, What he, do you mean following in the footsteps of George Santos? So he's is a he guy that up? told everybody is he, a he was- a drag queen too? No, is, well, he might be, but but he may be a drag queen, but what <laughs> well, he, yeah, we, we do don't, have we a don't, lot of those we don't, power here in Tennessee. I know, we do. We, <laughs> I know, your governor and the lieutenant governor who leaves little hearts and flowers on cute guys on Instagram using his using his official like social wrong with that no there's nothing wrong with that unless you then outlaw drag queens it's like (laughs) then it's just ridiculous it's like come on people no so the so the governor ogle what a name okay so ogle i shouldn't say that desantis did you see this the other day desantis just passed a guy who's in charge of mediation in florida and his last name is rub bottom (laughs) (laughs) proceed that's how we got the job. Oh, <laughs> my God. All right. So Andy Ogle. Oh, this is too fun. I know this guy. We got to talk about him because your article, we're going to get to Whitney's amazing essay because it's so in sync. And I have to ask you a question about that. But let me finish this one, two points here. So the thing that Ogle did is um, he inflated his resume and told people like, I'm an economist. And he took like one class and got a C in it. Okay. And oh, I'm an economist. Right. And then a couple of years ago, he like other interesting people. Christmas card, the whole family with their AR-15s. Um, Thomas Massey, who I also think might be from Kentucky. I'm not sure. Yeah. That Christmas card had some kind of weird message, like the more guns, the safer America. Just I, and you're like, no, guns don't make me feel safe. No, men's make me feel like I'm living in a war zone. It makes me let feel me, like me, people also, are wait, scary. I want to say this though, too, because you know what? I have a lot of clients out West. And they, you know, sometimes when I'm speaking to them over zoom, I can see their gun rack over their head because that's what's in their, their office. 
that's cool. I don't have a problem with that. I am actually a really good shot. I don't carry a gun. I don't really care about guns. I happen to know how to use a gun. That's my experience with it. It's whatever. But I am sure as hell not walking around with an AR-15. And no, do I think anybody else should be. There was a time when we had responsible gun ownership as the uh-huh. priority of the NRA. Uh, yeah, there's, there really is no need to have an AR-15 ever at all. Uh, now, again, with Mars at the Aries point, and we're all talking about home and, and emotional security. So the Washington Post, how the hell did they do this? How do they do this? We had seven months of Mars in Gemini. So we're all going to be looking at thoughts about weapons, thoughts about anger. So while Mars is in Gemini, the Washington Post was doing a seven-month investigation into guns. They were focused on the AR-15. No, what they did is they made it very, very clear, graphically clear about everything I've already said. They showed you what happens. Uh, And they also laid out the statistics that when you make it illegal to have those in the streets, you have 70% or around that less people killed in mass shootings. Yeah. I think that's everything about Mars. Is that everything about Mars? Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. Hold on. It's everything about Mars. I'm all worked up now thinking about Mars. We have these mind-blowing articles challenging everything we thought we knew about everything. We were talking about this for the last few months leading up to Pluto entering Aquarius, noting that as Pluto enters Aquarius, it activates something that happened in December 21st, 2020, uh, where there was a meetup, a conjunction between Jupiter and Saturn. Uh, the you know which in the language of astrology this con- conjunction happens every 20 years and and um but and they are okay in the language of astrology jupiter and saturn conjunctions happen every 20 years and they're traditionally used as a marker for business and political cycles these 20 year cycles but every 200 years they change form, just like we were talking earlier about how the Mars-Saturn trine that we had for the past several months happened in air, and then the last one was in water. So for the last 200 years, the Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions have been mostly in Earth signs, which has been reflected in how people succeed for the past 200 years. It's whoever could die with the most toys, whoever could mine the earth and their material resources. And now as of 2021, the end of 2021, Jupiter and Saturn will be meeting up mostly in air signs, which alerted astrologers to start thinking about now the key to success is going to be who can, who can own the airwaves, the thought forms, the data, the information, the networks. And as Pluto has just gone in to Aquarius, it is sitting right on top of that particular Jupiter-Saturn conjunction at the very first degree of Aquarius. And Pluto, whenever it makes contact with something, it infuses it with extremes of power and transformation and breakdown. Pluto on Saturn is extremes of controls and authority. 
Pluto on Jupiter is extremes of expansion. And we've seen that in the last month with this explosion of articles on you know, things like AI, chat GPT, you can have conversations with machines and think you're talking to Aunt Florence. You know, you, you can get the, for artificial intelligence to do all this stuff. And, and Whitney, there was this one article that's reflecting now the need for controls in placed on this kind of stuff. You had pulled, um, this yeah, one the about professor, the, yeah, professor. the professor. So here we have making news, uh, a professor who is saying, look, we are getting so close. The technology is going to be able to read our minds. Do not yeah. discount this. We are yeah. all connected through the air. How do yeah, we lock she, this she, down? She's, take this seriously. Machines are going to hijack our thoughts and we're going to now have to protect our thoughts. So she wants she wants legislation to protect our cognitive processes, basically. I mean, the upside potential is, you know, if you if your arm was chopped off, you can get a, a new arm and you can use your brain to think it, to use, to manipulate it. If you can't speak, you may be able to, you know, channel your thoughts into some technological device that then gives life to what's going on in your mind. So this yeah. can be very empowering. You know what? I hadn't thought about this as a timing, but you just made me think of something that I have railed against before. And I think maybe now it'll start to actually come to the fore and be part of the public debate. And that is the fact that our constitution promising us freedom and then all of this rhetoric around you know America we're free no we're not we haven't been free ever since our data had become a more valuable uh, commodity than oil because the data is us and if our data is bought and sold that's essentially like saying that we're all products we're not free we're products people own us so it really does render the constitution null and void and what I would be really interested to see is if now with Pluto moving into Aquarius, we finally address the fact that debt and other kinds of capitalistic slavery and really high interest rates and credit ratings, which are random and made by organizations that we don't have any power over, but they have all the power to rank and sort us mm -hmm. is wrong and unconstitutional mm -hmm. and is just based in this whole idea of hierarchical owning all the resources. So I, cause it's never, ever, ever been true ever since the first piece of our data got sold to make money off of without our knowledge, has mm -hmm. our constitution actually been legitimate anymore? We'll have to keep tracking Mark Zuckerberg because he is one of the key reasons why our constitution really has become just a piece of paper or parchment because he's been the one who was instrumental in selling us as packages of data without us knowing. Well, he's one of the guys that this professor we were talking about, who, her name is Nita Farahaney. Uh, she's at Duke University and she's a professor of bio, uh, biosciences. She is saying that Mark Zuckerberg Meta, no, don't call me Facebook anymore, is working on a brain interface that will read your thoughts directly. Yeah. And, and then what's he going to do? He's going to own those thoughts. Yeah. And this sounds really crazy in sci-fi, which is why I write from the perspective anymore of we have to legislate through the lens of sci-fi because that's where we are. And right now with people like Tuber Tuberville in, in Congress or George Santos or any of the rest of these people who are making laws, let it all be dead. Let it all fall apart. Let the next two years of chaos come. I'm sorry, we cannot have these people in power anymore. And they're not going to be. But these are not people who can comprehend what we're facing, which is why I'm really not worried that they're going to be in power because they're they can't.
they won't like the center will not hold. They're not going to be able to sustain what's coming. Yeah. Just, like not even talking as an astrologer, just like talking to somebody who used to be in Washington and be in that crowd. Just like, uh, uh-uh. hey, no way. There are too many idiots. There yeah. have always been idiots, but there's now like it's tipped. Like the yeah. balance is tipped so far into idiots that it won't it won't sustain. So that's why I'm just like, eh, just give it time. I'm looking at my watch. And I'm I'm just thinking um we should link uh, our discussion about Zuckerberg's horoscope because we talked about how uh, on fire it is, particularly with his uh penetrating persuasive uh he Zuckerberg, if memory serves, has a opposition between Mercury, how he needs to think. And Pluto, which is powerful and persuasive, it has to be to extremes. And that opposition, I'm pretty darn sure off the top of my head, is being supercharged right now among, in addition to other patterns. So we should link our discussion of Zuckerberg as a reminder to people of, of, of where this guy is going. So Pluto, as it breaks, it's going to be breaking down and bending. We also talked about as it activates the Jupiter Saturn conjunction in Aquarius, it tears down this idea that science which needs to prove things by saying, see, 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 this really exists. Okay, well, now there can be things that maybe we're not sure if they exist, but there's truth to it anyway. Right. And and yeah, well, boy, you know, that's my thing. And, and it's, it's, it's going to- something isn't factual doesn't mean it isn't true. And that doesn't mean at the same time that there's a set of alternative facts. Thank you, Kellyanne Conway. Yes. There are going to be things that we're going to have to agree are true. There are going to be things that we're going to have to be able to prove. And the trick is which ones are which. So two articles that reflect that potential. This was a really cool, empowering one of Pluto and Aquarius, which we have been saying when Pluto activates the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Aquarius, the great mutation that happened on December 21st, 2020, we said that when Pluto entered Aquarius, we were going to see a lot of stories turning things we thought were forever enshrined, never to be changed, were going to change. So look at this story. Two New Orleans high school seniors say they have proven Pythagoras' theorem by using trigonometry, which academics for two millennia have thought to be impossible. Impossible. And they're being encouraged to submit their work to a peer-reviewed journal. Oh my gosh. It's about things folding in upon themselves. This is the concept that they're turning this on their head. It says that you can't use trigonometry to prove trigonometry because this is a logical fallacy known as circular reasoning when somebody tries to validate an idea with the idea itself in like this idea of in and of itself you can't prove something that way it just you have to have some external something to demonstrate that the other thing exists and these girls are going no really you can use the thing itself to prove it exists just look to the source if if you weren't able to see things through the lens of some kind of interconnectivity, this sort of idea of like the the prism or the hologram of we all are all one Mm -hmm. experiencing a moment of focal attention. You'd go crazy (laughs) because I mean, if you didn't have this idea and, and maybe some people really are going crazy because it does take a little bit of complexity to accept, hey, all of this is really just being generated out of a big mind. And maybe I'm in charge of it. Maybe I'm not. But at least I'm in charge of this particular focus that I have. That's my life right now. If you can't think in those kind of complex terms, good luck to you. <laughs> Again, I'm back in Washington. I'm thinking, which of you is going to be able to handle it for the next three years? Not many of you. 
I'm just thinking that everything is going to, I don't, I don't know what this means, but this notion that's in my head that everything is going to come back to source. So we're going to be having, and you wanted to know what's going to happen when Neptune and Saturn move into Aries, you know, the idealization of self, the structure of the self. Yeah, I, was asked, the self. I was asking you that in the context. You were of asking the, me that, which is, which is 2025, but, but the, but this idea that everything is going, because now we're in this like sort of, you know, ta- classroom where we're dealing with, uh, this is moving into Neptune is in Pisces, Saturn is in Pisces. So Saturn is structuring this, this belief, this need to believe that we are all connected. That's what Pisces is. It's the end of things in the realization that we all are, we are all one. But the thing about Pisces is that it's not the, it's not linear astrology. I mean, and Whitney, you were, you were just, I remember when you and I first started talking, this was the big ensouled premise that, Hey, this is a cycle we're dealing with. It is cycle within cycle. It's not linear. You get to the end of the line, but then there's another cycle. So it's going to come back to source. Yeah, because I've never said that lines were not real or lines were not useful or hierarchy doesn't have a, a you know a, a utility to it. it, but it's not the end game. That's what I've always said. You know that that everything exists, including lines, but they are not the ultimate. The ultimate is in infinity. Everything is a cycle. Everything is spiraling. But where does infinity come from? It comes back from the source, which I don't even know. And I can't even comprehend, but that's what it is. That's why you can use, you know, with these, these gals in new Orleans, these teenagers are saying, yeah, you can use the thing itself to prove that it exists. So that one, and then there is another one, just, you know, the, um, the idea of hierarchy, there's this great article in the New Yorker about alpha, about wolves, destroying the myth of the alpha wolf. We had this paradigm or this theory where we're like, look at these wolves, you know, the person who is leader is the one who's aggressive and beats up everybody. And it's like, well, no, that's not really how it works. That's what you get when you see it through a false construct that was, um, delivered to the world and forced down our throats by Darwin, who was in the pay of people who needed that kind of construct for us to see through. I mean, this is, and, and we, we talked about it last week and the science is coming out of every corner. Oh, Darwin wasn't really completely right. I mean, even at the genetic level, I linked to something recently in one of my stories that I've written where just, he didn't even understand gene processing because sometimes genes can Tell, like telepathically communicate to one another, basically, because <laughs> he didn't see. It's just like, we didn't know Uranus. We didn't know Pluto. Well, he didn't know about the genome. He didn't know about how genes communicate. And they are communicating in a much more holographic, much more comprehensive way than a linear one. But we've mm. all been in the thrall of this linear perspective that is Darwinism, which is you know really convenient if you're a capitalist at the top of the chain, but mm-hmm. not so convenient if you're not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you use it to justify why you get to lord it over everybody else. And everyone else is going, wait a minute, there's something seriously wrong with this picture. Can we just form a circle and be like a, a real pack of wolves and all right. pitch in together and recognize each other? One last thing then to just kind of tie all that up. Yeah, tie it all up. And with Because these are powerful, powerful planetary patterns we're talking about. We are not living in wifty times. Is there ever a wifty time? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> but this is not one of them. <laughs> With Pluto, so much on our minds right now, the things you can't control are coming up because Pluto doesn't, Pluto does not ask permission. Pluto is like, I'm here, deal with it. Mm-hmm. So I say, why worry? Really? It's generational. We're all going through this. It's not just you. 
it's left Capricorn. It's going to go back in and then it's going to. So what you're going to see is you're going to start seeing a lot of Bananaville. You're just going to start seeing really, really even more berserk stuff than, than we've even talked about today. You're just going to start seeing it. And that's because it's that anoretic. It's going in and out of two different signs. It's at that anoretic, meaning the, the crisis point degree. The you're very last seeing, degree. Yeah. It's going to start seeming like chaos because it is. It's the last gasp of the end of the hierarchy. It really is the end. That um, you can't go backward anymore. It's already fallen apart. Now people are just kind of zombie ghost walking around in the in the crap from the past. But it it's broken. It really is. It's broken. And you know, you don't even have to talk to us as astrologers. Futurists are saying this too. And in mm-hmm. a sense, we are futurists. But there's so much literature everywhere that supports what I'm telling you. It's done. It's done. So what do you do in this moment? <laughs> you be here now. Be here now. Be yourself. Be kind. Do the right thing. Be positive. You do know what the right thing is. You know, you do. And you know that you do. And yeah, maybe a consult with an astrologer, one of us, you know, certainly study. Yeah, to find out what does this all mean for you you. in your own personal world. And because the more higher mind understanding that you have, and astrology is a sort of art and, and science. I always think of it more as a, you know, it's an art because it's divination straight up. Sorry. I don't make that argument that it's, oh, it's a science. Well, I guess so. Yeah. Maybe because we have a lot of angles. It's a floor seat. wax and a dessert topping. <laughs> that <was Monty> <laughs> no, that's Saturday Night Live. Uh, but as I was saying, which I can't remember where I was now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The authorities cannot meet all your needs. That's the other thing I really wanted to, to make clear is because of the collapse of the hierarchy, you really can't expect that authorities are going to meet all of your needs anymore. So really what I'm saying is grow the F up. Nor should they. Do you really want to be told what to do by this crusty old hierarchical, hierarchical, bargle stuff? Do as much for yourself as you can. And then actually that helps you be a lot more focused on what kind of people you do want to elect. Because what I said in the last episode is democracy is dead. And I am not kidding. It's dead. If you think it's what it used to be, you're wrong. In fact, it's never been what it could be and what it should be and what I think it wants to be. And now it's going to be, but it's just going to take time. And that's going to come from adult people such as you listener doing the right thing, being kind, stepping up and taking care of business on your own, not waiting around for somebody else to do it. No, the status quo is dead. We are the ones we've been looking for. People like Marjorie Taylor Greene think the gulag is a tasty Hungarian pepper dish. So, right. I'm not waiting for her to do anything that's going to be useful to me in my life. Okay. We covered it all. So that does it for episode 31. You have, are you trying to add something? No. Okay. (laughs) No, I'm encouraging you. I'm going with the flow. I'm Whitney McKnight, publisher of The Insold Universe and producer of this podcast. Elizabeth Grace is the author of the forecast on which the podcast is based. That's a lot of casting. Off the charts, the stellar newscast is patron supported. To become a paying member of the community and receive access to extra audio insights into planetary patterns affecting policies and procedures and everything we just finished talking about, you can go to insold.substack.com. If you can't become a patron subscriber right now, please support us by sharing us with others and leaving comments in the comment section. My co-host Elizabeth Great's weekly forecast can be found at graceastrology.com. She's been at this for 14 years now, writing about what she calls the astonishing synchronicities between planetary patterns.